Welcome to episode 15 of Vague Zone. I am one of your co-hosts, Thomas, and with me always is... Daniel. And yeah, this week we are talking about the Brandon Cronenberg film, Possessor. This was my choice. I didn't mention it at the end of the last episode, so I decided, yeah, I figured I might as well do the intro for it. So yeah, like I, ch- I chose this movie because... I'm a yeah, I'm a casual David Cronenberg fan. I haven't seen a ton of his movies, but I was always really intrigued by his style and his work and just the the strange genre that he kind of in, you know kind of made popular the whole like body horror thing. And so yeah. I saw the uh, yeah saw the poster for this. It looked really really crazy, really gnarly, and I tried to stay away from any trailers just so I can kind of go in blind. And yeah, so I guess that's kind of. What led me to this movie is a 2020 release, and yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy movie. What did you think about Possessor, Daniel? Um, so I went into this pretty blind. I didn't really know anything about it except for it being directed by Brandon Cronenberg. Uh, I knew that it was getting some critical acclaim, and I had seen the poster, but I knew nothing about it. I think this is probably the coolest movie I've seen this year, <laughs> at least yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> at least as far as 2020 releases go. Um, granted, I haven't seen a ton of 2020 releases, but... Yeah, same here, but I think it's still <clears throat> it's probably in the top five easily just because it's just so strange and just like, yeah, well, well made. <laughs> Yeah, my experience watching it was, I watched it with my wife, Emily. We're both sitting on the couch. She was kind of looking at her phone through out of a lot of it. And I don't think it's because she was disinterested. Uh, it's I think it was kind of just like a defense mechanism because of what was happening on screen. Yeah, um, I, I feel that. And at a certain point, towards the end, um, she just said, I can't believe this is his first movie because everything he's doing is so confident. And so that like kind of broke the the silence and it just turned into both of us like as the movie's still going on we were just kind of raving about it um and it's not it's not yeah we looked it up it's not actually its first movie it's a second movie yeah Um, yeah yeah. but but still like it's so impressive yeah definitely yeah it's yeah definitely the best thing i've seen this year yeah i would agree somewhat i thought there was like it has some issues with it but overall it's just like is is it's a really strange trippy movie and yeah just the visuals are very strong and it's yeah it's just a, a like i don't even know how to like really put it into words because i watched it earlier today and i was just kind of like dumbstruck by it because yeah there's certain parts of it i'm just like what is going on i'm just trying to decipher kind of just this strange puzzle of this body kind of mood like i don't want to spoil it too early but yeah it's like this is a weird kind of sci-fi movie that deals with bodies and technology and just how we kind of do how we like use them and how like yeah how technology plays into that and so yeah it's just a it's a fucking gnarly movie yeah and just i was kind of like oh yeah it's kind of dragging a little bit but then yeah like once it gets like towards the middle it's just that shit insane and yeah just like yeah just some, some crazy moments in this movie that that were really really striking yeah i never felt like it was dragging it, it felt pretty tight to me um okay. it, it's about an hour 40 um yeah but like, how much did you know going into the movie about what this was? Nothing. I went entirely blind. I was assuming it was more on the horror side or more just like a traditional horror movie. But I was kind of surprised by the science fiction aspect of it. Yeah. But I ended up loving it because I think, yeah, they do it really well. Yeah, it's more of a sci-fi thriller um, yeah, than a horror. Yeah. And so, yeah, as I was watching, I feel like you kind of have to compare uh brandon cronenberg this this possessor movie to what his father has done i think it's kind of um inescapable but yeah uh, i really i feel like the only real 
direct comparison. Well, I mean, there's existence, which is like uh, involves people kind of it's got kind of a VR thing, people jacking in sort of stuff. But okay. um, but I think the thing we think of, yeah, when we think of Cronenberg, we think of body horror. And yeah. this has a little bit of that, but I think mostly the comparison is just the violence. Um, and the violence in this movie is fairly sparse. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's a constant barrage, but when it happens, it is extreme it is not shy (laughs) it's very thought-provoking just because of just the the way that it's kind of set up and the tools that the character is kind of given it's like okay you're going to be able to do this in a very like a clean way and then the character just goes absolutely off the rails with how they how they finish their assignment so to speak and yeah i was really kind of shocked by that yeah it's it's using the violence to say something about these characters um, correct yeah and to like punctuate a point um yeah so i guess we can kind of get into it a little bit more oh we should probably read the synopsis totally (laughs) uh, yeah um yeah, so from IMDb, the synopsis uh, is Possessor follows an agent who works for a secretive organization that uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies, ultimately driving them to commit assassinations for high-paying clients. So yeah, that's another thing this movie has going, is that there's this weird sort of um, corporate, like maybe like a corporate espionage sort of thing going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like, I like that a lot. And yeah, the opening scene, I think, does that kind of kind of well to give us a little bit of a hint of just the kind of things that these characters are going to be doing for the rest of the movie yeah it kind of feels like inception a little bit um yeah instead of jacking into a dreams you're jacking into another person instead of stealing secrets you are murdering people um, yeah and i, I think I this is kind of like assassin's creed in that way a little bit too oh maybe but let's avoid making that comparison <laughs> um but yeah, I think I even said to Emily as we were watching, I was like, this feels like the type of movie Christopher Nolan wishes he could make. Uh, I, I feel that, yeah. Yeah, 100%. that's that might be kind of an aggressive take, but this isn't <laughs> this isn't bogged down by a bunch of uh expository dialogue the way yeah. Nolan's movies are. Um Interstellar, that's a big problem. You have people explaining to uh astronauts stuff that astronauts should already know because they want the audience (laughs) to feel like they're on the inside um yeah we don't get bogged down with like explanations of like the mechanics of how everything works and i think it really helps and everything kind of plays out just visually and just like it's up to us to kind of just put everything together and it's it's fantastic I, i really enjoy that aspect of it yeah it's show don't tell that makes for very intriguing world building um because yeah you want to know more and because you don't get all the answers you don't get all the explanations like it draws you in um yeah so yeah maybe let's get oh shit i've started deleting my notes (laughs) let's get into breaking things down a little bit um so the opening scene it starts with this woman named holly putting a device in her head it almost looks like the uh it almost looks like a headphone jack or something she just like shoves it into the top of her head and a little bit of blood pours out and she has a dial that she's rotating on this counter and she's looking in the mirror and she's making uh different facial expressions she's smiling real big and then she gets solemn and then she starts to cry yeah um ollie then goes to a party she's wearing a uniform she's united with a bunch of other girls who are wearing uniforms and they all go up into this elevator up to the top level of this fancy building very fancy party ollie walks up to this wealthy man and she 
stabs him in the throat. <laughs> um, and then she proceeds to stab him over and over and over again as he lies on yeah, the ground. Multiple, multiple hits to the stomach. Yeah, and everyone in the room just like flees the room. Um, eventually the police shows up. She pulls a gun out. She's going to kill herself. Uh, I think she says she says the phrase, pull me out. She puts yeah. the gun in her mouth. She can't pull the trigger. Instead, she turns it on the police who open fire on her. And the scene ends with a cop walking up to her and shooting her right in the face and a s- blood s- squirting out of her face. Um, what did you think of this opening scene? <laughs> um, I thought it was really, really provocative because, okay, so this whole thing is happening. The um, main thing like that was sticking out to me is like, okay, like, it's focused on this, like, kind of, like, upper class, like, almost, like, bougie black girl, like, at this, like, kind of party where there's, like, it's clearly really affluent. And, yeah, like, it's this really bad, like, suicide by cop ending to at, ending to this, like, little assassination thing that she does. And then after that, I guess I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead, but when it's revealed that it's our character, uh, what's the character's name? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Tasia. Tasia, yeah. So when Tasia wakes up, and it's kind of revealed, like, okay, like, that was her inside of this character's body. I was like, oh, wow, like, is this going to be, like, a like a racial kind of thing that's going to be moving forward as far as, like, who these people are inhabiting and, like, the particular acts of violence and, you know, possible terror that can, it can be doing? I, like, my mind was kind of going towards, like, get out territory. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, like, are they going to be, like, just body snatching black people and having their, like, do crime as a black person and then being able to you know, live life normally or whatever. So that's what I was thinking when I was first kind of digesting that opening scene. But besides that whole thing, I was like, okay, this is a really like strong introduction. It was just, yeah, very visual. I like the, it was like good geometry and good framing in this movie a lot. And yeah, just the colors are very striking, a lot of good neon blues and, and reds. And so, yeah, it was really, it sucked me in really effectively yeah it's a really sleek movie uh the way it's shot and there's actually like a really nice shot during this opening where we kind of focus on holly's sneakers she has these like large platform sneakers that are soaked in blood after the murder Um, yeah i don't know why but that image really stood out to me but going to your what you were talking about with having these characters possess uh black people to commit these crimes there's actually this grant morrison comic that this reminded me of where Um, You have these wealthy businessmen who they I think they like I think they wear goggles maybe even, but uh, they are distributing this this crack out on the streets so that they could take possession of poor black people, poor, poor drug addicts, and they can use their bodies to go and commit murders. And these like businessmen are just like getting off on committing murders. yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's spot but on. It's a, it's a great that's what I was, Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I was watching this. I was like, oh, is this going to be like a, a really dark kind of espionage tale about, you know, these crimes being committed by people of color as opposed to the white uh, hosts that are inhabiting them? And yeah. Yeah, I thought that the introduction is really strong. And then yeah, the the following interview with uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's character kind of like giving a little like post-mission calibration. I thought that was a good little... Uh, a good kind of contrast to just like the chaotic really bloody introduction that we just had yeah uh jennifer jason's lee's character girder uh gives her a debriefing <laughs> yeah that's the name right girder yes that is her name it's only said a couple of times and i didn't quite catch it when the characters say it but when i was looking on 
yeah, on Wikipedia. I was like, oh, that's an odd, <laughs> odd name for a character. She gives her the debriefing, and the way the debriefing process works is she asks Tasia to identify different objects that she's possessed. So there's like a pipe that belonged to her grandfather. There's a butterfly, this like red butterfly. It is red, right? I'm partially colorblind, yes. so <laughs> okay. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm partially colorblind. Um, so she has this red butterfly, and she says, "Oh, I trapped it when I was uh, a young girl, and I felt bad about it then, and I still feel bad about it now." And then she yeah. moves on to an object that isn't hers. She identifies that it's not hers, and she sort of passes the debriefing. So the point of this is just to make sure that Tasia is kind of in tune with herself she's no longer um you know being influenced by having possessed the body of another i guess yeah yeah um, it's a yeah it's a nice little a small moment before just the the rest of this movie kind of gets a little gets a little wacky um so a couple of things i wanted to mention though is so yeah when the butterfly when we get the shot of the butterfly i guess what it sort of brings to mind is this feeling of symmetry and uh that might be kind of a theme throughout the movie i feel like that's something we could discuss but um oh yeah definitely but that first sh the first murder when she stabs the man in the throat um i took a horror class with aaron kerner at sf state and like one of the things he talked about was like abjection and making what is inside the body outside of the body and you know we talk about alien as a horror movie one of the things that's horrifying about that movie is the the face huggers, how they impregnate men. And yeah. so so like there's just a lot of sex sexuality that takes place within horror. And so one of the things that came to my mind is just penetration penetration. Um she could have shot this man, but instead she penetrates his throat. And yeah. she uses the phrase pull me out when she wants to escape. Uh, but she's unable to pull the trigger once she puts a gun inside of her own mouth. Um so I feel That's like there's note, yeah because that line think... comes back and is kind of used in, in like a different degrees of severity and so yeah I like that you mentioned that yeah so there's like yeah I think sexuality and the way violence uh, is portrayed in this movie is kind of a major thing that I want to talk about but I, I think I'll 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 bring it up again as we discuss more of the the violence that occurs um, for sure yeah because after <laughs> yeah after that like recalibration she basically like goes home to her like goes home to it's her family, but there's like a separation going on. Clearly, like like they're not fully divorced yet. Yeah, like there seems to be some sort of distance between her and her husband. Um, yeah. But yeah, before she she goes into uh, meet her husband and child, uh, she's kind of rehearsing how she's going to deliver her lines about you know just saying like hi, how are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm starving. When he offers her food, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, she's... and even that shot has like a strong symmetry in it, which is like the the way that the apartment complex or whatever the building is kind of like going towards her she's like just right in the center of the yeah apartment. and so it's kind of once again repeating this idea that she needs to get into character that is tasia she needs to learn how to be herself the same way she learns how to be uh these people that she possesses um when she goes and is reunited with her husband and her child um there's a certain point where she has sex with the husband and I think this scene is really interesting because um, the husband is on top and we kind of focus on her face and she looks bored. And yeah. so once again, when I'm talking about the sexuality of a knife penetrating a body, um, during the sex scene, she actually has a flashback to that. We see the knife entering this man's throat. And then she sort of gets, I don't know if you, we could say she gets turned on, but she sort of... Um, 
refocuses back onto the situation at hand, which is, you know, having yeah. sex with this man. So she starts yeah, like the flip is switch, basically. Yeah, she starts biting his neck. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, the because there's a few sex scenes in this movie, and so yeah, the the first one is is kind of key just to get to know. Yeah, she's really cold, and yeah, like her kind of connection to the humans around her is really interesting because she seems totally like not like a family type of person at all, and so yeah, she's like talking to the kid about like this like weird doll that does this oh, dance. Yeah. It's kind of like. She's like, oh, yeah, like, you're, like, so brilliant or whatever. But, like, it, it, it didn't really – she wasn't quite selling me as, like, oh, yeah, like, you're the, the mom that wants to be hanging out here. Like, this is not the world that you're invested in. Yeah, and Gerder acknowledges her, relation, her relationship with her family as something that is holding her back uh, because Gerder wants Tasia to replace her. Um, yeah, and I, I like the line that she says. She's like, like, I'm looking at you, and there is a thread that is connecting you to yeah. this life that you don't want anymore. And yeah, and I like I liked it, like, marionette kind of imagery that was inspired by that line. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think of that. So now we get into sort of, like, what the main, I guess, conflict of this movie is, or, like, you know, what drives the plot, which is... Her, um, her big, the big mission, the yeah, big job. the new job. Gerder tasks her with killing a CEO and a CEO's daughter. Um, the idea is that there's the CEO, John Parse, played by Sean Bean, um, who, if he gets killed, uh, ownership of the company goes to his daughter, Ava Parse. But if his daughter gets killed, then ownership of the company goes to his son, Reed Parse. Reed Parse has hired, um, Tasia's company to commit this crime. And so Tasia will be taking on the body of Ava Parse, the CEO's daughter's, uh, boyfriend, Colin Tate. Um, so the idea is Colin Tate will go in, murder John, murder Ava, and then kill himself. Um, yeah, and I yeah, I really like the idea if it's like a, a corporate takeover that's happening via this like really strange body possession. Yeah, it is like a weird future that this takes place in. Um, I guess you would assume that the only people with the money to do this sort of um, possession assassinations would be <laughs> large corporations or incredibly, yeah, be incredibly wealthy. Yeah. Yeah, data mining corporations. Yeah, yeah, this this uh, company, yeah, they work with data extraction. And what they do is, um, there's a scene later after Toss has uh, taken over Colin's body where she puts on these VR goggles and she is looking at people's, through people's webcams in their houses and she's just describing what type of drapes the people own. You feel like they would have been able to automate this process, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's... No, I think, I think they're going more like Black Mirror vibes with just like filling a room filled with like, you know, young 20, 37 people and just have the VR sets on and they're just, you know, they're naming drapes and, you know, they're naming, you know, blinds and stuff like that. Yeah, what do you think the point of this is thematically, I guess? Like, what is this um, working towards? I don't know. Maybe just like I the theme that was sticking out to me the most is like desensitization. And so hmm. the part where uh, this is, I guess, skipping ahead a little bit when. But when, uh, yeah, so when Colin is looking at the screen, like, there's, like, a shot that's, okay, it's just, like, a, a room, and there's, like, someone doing something in the background, I forget, it's very innocent, and then we get a shot of a couple having sex, and, like, he's supposed to be focusing on the blinds, but, like, you know, it's, we have in frame, like, a fully erect penis, and, like, yeah. a woman on bed ready to be, you know, eaten out, and so, yeah, it's just, like, there's, he clearly has to, like, you know, cut that part of the frame out and just sit there and, and describe the blinds to you know that's that's what he's there for and so yeah he's just being very 
desensitized to all the sex and you know even the character mentions that a little, a little bit later and they're like yeah like well how can you do like such a job like that and kind of just turn your mind off to the humans that you're seeing in frame and just focus on these objects yeah yeah i feel like it's also probably something about just invasiveness um yeah like t- not she's not like this is a character who takes on other people's lives while the man she is uh possessing i guess is just looking into other people's lives but it, i i get the impression that they have invited like they know that people that work for this company are looking through their webcams because there's also a scene where a bunch of people are chatting about how like oh you know you masturbate in front of the webcam every day he probably sees you or something like that yeah yeah um so it's probably just like you know we we use facebook uh facebook has access to all of our information and we have made peace with that <laughs> uh, i guess this is just a more extreme version yeah i would agree but yeah, but anyways, <laughs> Tasia takes possesses Colin as a uh, you know as we've been getting at. But we get this great scene. Uh, so, so so the way it works is the company like kidnaps Colin, and we get uh, footage of him being implanted with something. While um, I think I think what's her name? Kiefer Gerder is just uh, <laughs> explaining what how the mission works, and then. Uh, when it's time for Tasu to actually take possession, we get this great scene that almost feels like a music video or something where we're getting shots of, I don't know how the fuck they did this because it all looks practical. It looks like they have, yeah, yeah. yeah, it looks like they have like wax reconstructions of the actors just melting in like um, sort of a time lapse and then yeah. also melting yeah. in reverse and stuff. Yeah, so it's like we get Tasia like, I was thinking it was like de- decomposing, like she's gonna, you know, turn into bones or whatever, or something like that. But they have it, yeah, like, like they melt her away, and as she's like melting and kind of pieces are falling and like you know just turning into nothing, it's match cut with you know Colin being rebuilt essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just yeah, it's very strange, very alien, and yeah, it's like this weird effect of the the clay kind of being in this very um, innocent kind of gel type of state, and then like a moment later like a frame later like there's hair and it's like a lot of texture kind of to the skin and it's just a yeah. trip to watch it's because it's like it is just the outer layer of the person it's not like a solid wax form it looks like it's just it's almost like um like a wonder ball or something you know yeah, those chocolate yeah. things <laughs> yeah like uh watching uh an easter bunny melt in reverse um i don't know yeah right yeah but it's got pores. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, really so that cool. That scene is a, is a nice transition into this really dreamlike state where, uh, I keep forgetting her name, where Tasia is, has possessed Colin, and, but you know she has to kind of get used to his body and his skin and his apartment. And so, yeah, I like that, that opening scene where he's just like feeling out this new space for the first time. Yeah, and it's a really interesting performance because you're watching this... It's an interesting dynamic because Ava is there, the girlfriend, and so you're watching this actor who plays Colin. What's this guy's name again? Uh, Christopher Abbott. Christopher Abbott. Yeah. Every time I hear his name, I think people are saying Christopher Rabbit. Um, yeah. Every time I look at him, I think I'm looking at Kit Harrington. Yeah. Same. From Game dude. Of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need I need to look up the side by side. <laughs> yeah. But uh, separated at birth for sure. Yeah. It's an interesting performance where he's playing a man who has another person trapped in his brain (laughs) who is you know controlling him like a flesh robot and 
you know, looking around his apartment as if he's looking at it for the first time, but pretending to have seen it every day and talking to his girlfriend for the first time, but pretending that he's talked to her every day. Uh, meanwhile, she has all the knowledge of their previous history. Um, yeah. Yeah. And even uh, there's a scene that happens before where she's watching, she's like spying on them through a telescope like, yeah. from across the street and they're having like this kind of conversation. They're like kind of just like flirting or just talking or whatever in the kitchen. And she's basically like echoing all of his lines, everything that he says, she's just like kind of echoing it to just get the, the cadence down. Yeah. And, trying to yeah. learn his mannerisms and stuff. Yeah. And I thought that'd be, yeah, be really challenging, especially when he like leaves the house and goes about his day. I'm like, dang, like, yeah, that has to be a really tough thing to, <laughs> to be able to like to, to play this person. Yeah. Which puts you, at least it worked for me. It put me on the side of Tasia. I was like rooting for Tasia because it's like, yeah, yeah she's yeah, got to pull this off. She's got to play the part because uh, after she goes to work, uh, she kind of has a she she has this moment where she's staring off into space and she noticed this little it almost looks like a speck of food or a speck of flesh or something floating yeah, in the air. And artifact. Yeah, and she reaches for it and she grabs it and she has kind of a freak out and she like has to go to the the men's room to I'm referring to her as her. It's she's trapped in Colin's yeah. body. She has to go to the men's room to like uh, sort of decompress because what is happening is it's like Colin is trying to um either Colin is trying to regain control of his body or she's just having difficulty uh you know retaining that control <clears throat> yeah that's a great either or because they describe all leading up to this point they're like hey like yeah you can't be in here for the like longer than the time frame that we tell you yeah and also like you're i think they mentioned that she's been like just kind of distributing like sorry not distributing she's been uh showing like weird behavior i think that's something that girder says to her and yeah there's kind of like this weird either or of like is her brain like they mentioned yeah like uh if she's in too long it'll lead to brain damage and like they don't want that and so yeah it's kind of implied that tasia like might already be like a little bit down that road and like i like the either or of like is this Colin breaking through the spell or is this Tasia just like losing control? Yeah, like is it like a disconnection sort of thing? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and when, when she goes to the men's room when she's having this freak out, we get this nice little shot where she's drying her hands and I think we've all seen this before where the air dryer is blowing so strongly that you see the skin moving around on your, on your, <laughs> yeah, on your yeah. bones and meat. Um, <laughs> Yeah, which is just like a really cool visual that kind of it just yeah it reflects everything this move that's going on in this movie. She is tra she is inside someone else's skin. Um, yeah, it fits very well. Yeah, just that very small detail that we all experience. You know, every well before COVID, before the, I don't know when's the last time I saw one of those. Um, <laughs> yeah, things in it. Like, I haven't been in the public public bathroom in, fr in forever, but yeah, I always thought about that. Like, yeah, like it's just a very weird moment when. There's a hot jet of air hitting your hand. It's just like, well, I've always fleshy. loved the way it looked. And like, I'm glad <laughs> yeah, to see yeah. someone using it like to an end in a movie. Like it, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Also a note on the bathroom scene when uh, Colin's coworker, I forget the name of that person. I think it's Eddie. Yeah. Eddie, his coworker comes in and there's like this weird, just like multiple re reflection thing going on with uh, Colin, like looking down into the mirror in front of him, but there's still like, there's a mirror that's reflecting another mirror. And so there, there's just like six bodies on frame. And it was just like, okay, like, yeah, I really like just the, the photography of that moment. Yeah. And just like, yeah, it's just all about the self and what is our understanding of the self. Um, 
So after she has this freak out, she goes home to Ava. Um, Ava has some friends over. They're all hanging out. Um, Rita, one of her friends, kind of burst in on on Colin slash Tasia when he's in the restroom. And she tells him, oh, you know, Ava says we can be friends again or something like that. It's cool. Like, we should meet up sometime or something. There's like, clearly there's this established uh, history between these two, um, yeah. romantic or sexual. And, and, well, I should say and or sexual. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> later that night, um, Colin slash Tasia has sex with Ava. And this is what our... Is this our second sex scene in the movie? Yeah, yeah, and it's a strange one. Yeah, it's a fucking weird one. Oh, we should mention that we did watch the uncut version of Possessor, so there's probably some shots here that aren't in the theatrical release, but uh, there's one shot in particular where during the sex scene... Okay, so the way the sex scene plays out, it starts with Colin slash Tasia on the bottom again, um, and Ava's kind of writing him slash her, they them (laughs) Uh (laughs) and um there's this moment where ava starts to choke um them (laughs) uh tasia (laughs) and puts her mouth puts her hand over tasia's mouth i'm just gonna refer to colin as tasia because that is who is in control (laughs) here um so she's yeah choking tasia putting her hand over tasia's mouth and that kind of creates yeah, something something sparks in Tasia's mind, and she grabs Ava's arms and holds them behind her back. And I think, she, yeah, she flips her over, and then yes. now Tasia's on top. And we get a shot of what's her name, Andrea Andrea Riseborough, Andre, yeah. Andrea Riseborough, the actress who plays <laughs> Tasia. We get a shot of her with a penis having sex with Ava. So yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think it's worth mentioning. Um, leading up to this point in the film, we get moments where there's like it's Colin kind of like doing his thing, but then there will be a shot of uh, there'll be a shot of Tasia in his clothes in the same position. Yeah, like, you know. And so when it happens here, it's like this. There's some weird stuff kind of going on in in the head of you know Colin slash Tasia, but then we get this shot of just like yeah, it's like he's kind of doing that like. I'm about to to penetrate. I'm about to go in and like kind of doing like a very masculine, like I'm standing over you with, you know, fully, fully hard. And so it's just like, yeah, it seemed to be like very much focused on that aspect of it. And yeah, I, yeah, you, you mentioned this and I was like, yeah, that's really, really appropriate uh, talking about. Yeah. Penetration and sex are like huge themes in this because yeah, like it's her head on his body. Yeah. And she becomes the dominant one. She becomes you know the fucker not the fucky i suppose but yeah i don't know this is i yeah like this is the shot isn't accidental um they're trying to say something about like yeah yeah definitely deliberate but i'm like i'm still like kind of yeah i'm still processing it it too (laughs) so from from this point on uh it becomes time to actually fulfill the mission uh so the following night they're going to a party hosted by john pars the ceo sean bean um and you know girder has been communicating with tasia she knows she's having some issues something's going on so she tells her to recalibrate she does the little thing that we saw in the beginning where she shoves a what looks like an audio jack into her head and recalibrates by smiling in front of a mirror and then crying um which seems like a difficult thing for uh, an actor to do but uh you know kit harrington does a good job 
<laughs> yeah, there's like it's it's very nuanced, but yeah, I was watching it and I was like, yeah, this has got to be tough because it's you're kind of like owning uh in between space where it's like you're not fully this person, you're not fully someone else, but you're just in this weird purgatory of of bodies where you're like, yeah, so it's like the calibration seems to be like this thing that elicits more extreme emotional reactions or something along those lines that like just like okay like just make sure you can still cry or make sure you can still do something like that that's what yeah and it's like the actor is able to the actor is smiling and crying without actually exhibiting happiness or sadness somehow it's pretty interesting so yeah they go to this party and gerner tells tasia okay what you need to do is you need to get in a fight like make it so everyone can see you everyone knows that uh you have a motivation give and after the party i want you to come back i want you to kill john i want you to kill ava and then i want you to kill yourself fulfill the mission yeah it's like basically like a little bit of more detail to the mission that yeah like go in there and like start a fight basically like you it isn't just as simply as just killing him and killing her it's like you have to kind of give like have like a plausible reason yeah like the public there needs to be a very public motivation here um so uh, she picks a fight with john gets thrown out of the party um, then she comes back later, and she's got her gun out. She's ready to kill John. Um, John and Ava are having a drink. Ava excuses herself. Now it's just John by himself. She sits down. This is weird. And, like, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, just kill him. Just kill him. Like, get it over. Let's finish the job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, she sits down next to John, and she says something like, what do you make of me? And it feels like she's really playing the role of Colin. Like, she's in Colin's head, and, like... Yeah, you get the sense that she's, is she buying into the drama of this person's life? She's not just wearing the skin? Like, what what do you think is going on here? Yeah, I think it's a good moment. And I have to mention a little bit earlier when they're, like, in the party and they're like, okay, we need to, like, just go and just talk to the dad and just kind of, like, just show face or whatever. And he's like, yeah, like, not she's not really into it, uh, she being... Colin, uh, Colin, yeah. Colin uh and yeah they kind of go up to Sean Bean and he like just humiliates him basically and just kind of like makes a joke about like oh like if, is that like grunt work too hard for you we yeah. can like let you know and just like totally like demasculates him publicly inside of the party and she feels kind of bad about it but I, don't know, I feel like she, there's some shared fault here because you know this, she, I, I don't know too much about about Ava, about Ava but yeah I was just like yeah she seems like not too great of a girlfriend to kind of yeah, leave that sticking up for a man, you know. Not. Yeah, and so it gets to the point when he, uh, Colin Tasia is being kicked out of the party, and she's screaming like, "I'm a giant! Like you can't step on me!" I, like, <laughs> yeah. Like I thought that moment was kind of interesting because I was like, "Yeah, like the only kind of like outburst of emotion we get from this Colin character is kind of in that." Well, not the only, but the, the one of the first moments we get of like, "Okay, this person is like, how is this person actually going to react to?" you know, being humiliated or demascul- demasculinized in, in front of this all these partygoers. And I just like the line of like, yeah, I am a giant. You can't step on me. And I just thought that was kind of like just kind of out there. Yeah, and I think this scene becomes interesting when we get to how the movie ends. Um, so maybe we'll call back to this scene. Um, yeah. But yeah, so when she's going to finish the job, she's going to kill John. She puts her gun away, and she instead grabs a fire poker. So once again, she is not killing the person with the gun. She is finding an alternate means. And I thought it, and once again, I was, up, I was hung up on the idea of penetration, so I was waiting for it. Um, yeah. When she gets, the, she gets the fire poker, she starts beating the shit out of John with it. Um, yeah. 
and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, like, when's it going to happen? And then she takes it and she, I think she first shoves it into his mouth, right? Yeah. She, like, yeah, brings it down it's pretty gnarly. Mouth, penetrating his mouth, breaking his teeth. Um, and then, does she stab him in the eye, too? Yes, okay. yeah. It's pretty fucking hardcore, because, yeah, she's, like, rotating this fire poker, and, yeah, we get shots at Deshaun Bean, just kind of, like, writhing in blood on the ground, and, yeah, that's when that movie, like, definitely, like, ramped up a lot for me. I was like, holy shit, yeah. like, this per like, come on, Tasia, like, you can just, just shoot, <laughs> shoot him, and, man. like, just, just shoot him and get it over with, and just get out of this body, but there's clearly, like, like something very yeah, sick and twisted something about something else is going on. savoring savoring that particular part of all of this experience yeah um taking taking it taking it real slow ava walks in tasia fires her gun at ava i think she hits her in her back a few times she chases her down ava's crawling through the house like dying and tasia shoots her in the back of the head um so it's interesting to contrast the violence that is between these two characters um john gets beaten with uh, fire poker he gets orally penetrated um he gets skull fucked <laughs> and then uh, ava gets shot um shot in the back of the head she even has like tasia has the opportunity after she's shot her and wounded her and now she's on the ground if she wanted to do something else she could have done it there she chose not to she shot her in the back of the head um so i think there's an interesting contrast with how um the violence that tasia um you know, imposes upon men versus on women. Um, yeah. So now it comes time to finish the job. Tasia has to shoot herself. Um, she puts the gun in her mouth, and once again, she can't do it. She can't kill herself. Um, and I think it's... So yeah, is the idea that it's just the will of the host not allowing that's how I. That's how I interpret okay. it. Yeah, it's just like, Colin is going... It's just preventing Tasia from, just from doing that fatal move. Yeah. So instead, instead, Colin grabs this large uh, glass shard and he shoves it through the top of his head. And I'm using Colin now because I think it is Colin who is doing this, not Tasia. Um, okay, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I'm, okay. down. I'm with you on that. <laughs> um, because, yeah, but I honestly don't know. <laughs> like, maybe it is Tasia, like, looking for an alternate way to kill herself. Um, but what happens yeah, it is a thin line. But what happens is that Tasia in the machine at wherever her job is located, uh, she starts bleeding. So somehow Colin has been able to stab himself in the skull and y y inflict a wound on Tasia. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, it's really crazy too because she's the way that Tasia is hooked up to this entire body kind of setup is is this really pristine room is like a white bed like this weird kind of multiple sectioned white like bed sofa type of thing and she's laying on it and then she has this massive like contraption that's like over the top of her face and just like over the top of her head yeah and it almost and looks for a it almost looks like a plague doctor mask or something but with like wires yeah, so, yeah something yeah definitely something like that and it's just like it's this massive contraption and we get a lot of like you know shot reverse shot of her and there and like other things kind of happening but when this moment happens she just like vomits up blood yeah. from outside the bottom of this machine and it's just like the whole staff kind of like does this moment of like oh shit like like our like our person is like having a, a really bad breakdown or whatever and so yeah i just thought that the way that it's um sorry the way that it is communicated that 
Tassi is hurt is like she's just like convulsing under this machine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really effective. Um, so at this point, to me, it felt like there was a definite. So, like I said, I was like rooting for Tasia up until now. But once Colin regains control of his body, I'm rooting for Colin. And there's like a change of protagonist. Um, did yeah. you feel that way? Um, a little bit. I guess I was a little bit against Tasia earlier because I thought, she, yeah, she was kind of. Uh, I felt that she was coming off uh, a little bit cold and a little bit excessive uh-huh. but yeah like i actually was a little bit i guess i was rooting for both of them if that's a, a good answer like when it gets to the point where like clearly she wants to be out and like i want colin to survive it i was like okay like is there a scenario where they both can kind of theoretically walk away from this okay yeah that's in my mind that's what i was hoping for since such a, <laughs> yeah an, an optimist much, when i much, watched bot- <laughs> yeah a much nicer hope uh, when I watch body horror movies, I'm like, I want everyone to turn out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just want everyone to be happy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, Tasio is like, I wasn't super crazy about it, but yeah, when it, there's like this clear conflict, and like, I just like want her to get from under that machine, <laughs> just like, like just get back into the the waiting room or something like that. That'd have been that'd have been. Good. Yeah, for me, it's just like I want you to get over whatever your emotional hangups are that are causing you to not fulfill this job properly. <laughs> like, just <laughs> yeah, finish yeah. the job. Um, but then once Colin's back in control, it's like, all right, Colin, you got to find her. You got to find her. You got to yeah. get revenge. Uh, yeah. And and this is like the strongest part of the movie, in my opinion, when there's this like kind of a fight for this body. And like we just get like this. I think it happens basically right after he fails to kill himself. Like he has to like start the next day or like go into the next day with like the plan to to finish it or like find a way to finish it. And then we just get these weird, weird cuts of just like. Tasia's psyche and Colin's psyche kind of just blending images of their lives together. Yeah, so Colin runs to Rita, the friend of Ava, who we've established Colin had a fling with in the past. Uh, he runs to Rita for help, and he's kind of freaking out, telling her like that he did it so that they could be together, and he's like making up all these excuses without like directly saying what he did that he killed two people yeah super super tense little moment at the door when he's like really really crazy and like trying to just get into safety and she's like like why are you here like you're like bleeding like, like talk a little slower please yeah and then so i think she excuses herself she's she's got she's gonna be taking a trip so he's gonna be staying there for a couple days uh she excuses herself to go take a shower and then he kind of i think he just like kind of passes out until there's a knock on the door and it's Eddie, his coworker from the data mining business or whatever, uh, data extraction. I thought that was, I thought he goes into the room and pulls the gun on her first. Oh, does he do that? Okay. I wasn't sure if that was yeah. alluded to yet. Um, yeah, it's like, it's cut away. Like basically he, that's the, another moment where it's Colin approaching Rita in the shower and then up until the moment where yeah, like, you're the gun right. is out, it's all Colin. Yeah. And then he pulls the gun out, she turns around, and then we get a shot of Tasia in Colin's clothes, yeah. and then the scene cuts. And then so Eddie comes over. It turns out, it is revealed that Eddie is actually a co-worker of Tasia, and that he is he's there to help Tasia recalibrate into Colin's body. Uh, and that he's yeah, a big he, fan, he, too. Yeah, he's actually the plant that was... Uh, he's like the plant that connects them or something mm. like that. I think that's what it's stated. So yeah, he we get this recalibration scene where Colin is laying on a bed and Eddie is like flipping the switch um, back and forth. 
And every time he flips the switch, everything in the room looks as if it's under these bright, bright orange lights. And uh, Colin's body is replaced with Tasia's body wearing his clothes. And you really get a, uh, an idea of the size difference between these two actors because she looks tiny. Um, yeah. But every time he f- flicks the switch, uh, he disappears. Uh, Eddie, I mean. Colin's and Tasia's body swaps. And when Tasia is lying on the bed under this orange glow, uh, we see Colin coming out from around the corner and approaching her body. And eventually he is sitting on top of her with her hand, his hands over her throat. He's strangling her. Um, so we are getting this sort of m- mental battle between these two, these two minds fighting for control of this body. Yeah, and, uh, and it's represented with this really fucking gnarly uh, face crushing. Oh my God, yes. Tasia. Yeah. And so he's on top of her and he's like strangling her. And like, I thought he was going to like, oh, like put it somewhere over her eyes. But then like, it just cuts it like in it her face is caved in and i was like oh yeah shit. it's just a really good <laughs> cut like a really well-timed cut yeah yeah and then after that yeah there's a really really bonkers little montage of just their faces kind of getting like mutilated and kind of shared and well like, he we get he sh- crushes her face <laughs> and then he puts her face on as a mask and so yes. he's like wearing this sort of like droopy saggy tasia face yeah we get our poster image and then (laughs) we we kind of cut through scenes that have happened earlier in the movie but now instead of seeing tasia perform these scenes like her smelling her son's head as he is uh lying in bed instead of seeing tasia do it we're seeing colin do it with a tasia mask Uh, yeah and it's just so so weird and then the sex scene that we got earlier in the movie is is redone with this new little version yeah and yeah like instead of a a stone-faced tasia it's like colin with a mask like under it's beautiful under, uh, <laughs> this under is such a great just, sequence yeah it's like the highlight of the movie it's just like just this middle montage where yeah just the lines are blurred between tasia and colin and their bodies and yeah just the mask I... and just the the, the yellows and the reds, yeah, just it, it's fucking great. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't see more. It's a shame that like COVID happened this year because otherwise we would have seen a lot more Tasia masks during Halloween. Absolutely, yeah, yeah that would have been the, the go to. <laughs> um, so yeah, Gerder throughout all this, Gerder is insisting that Tasia stay inside Colin's body. Like she's having an argument with the other people back at uh, back at HQ because they want to pull Tasia out, which will I think kill her. But uh, Gerder is, you know, saying, no, Tasia needs to stay in there. She needs to finish the job. Um, we also get a reveal that John Parse, uh, Sean Bean, is actually alive. <laughs> uh, that Tasia yeah. wasn't successful. And then Colin murders Eddie. Um, we, get, we get this shot after, uh, after Colin has woken up from having put on Tasia's face and experienced her memories. Uh, he wakes up. Eddie is dead on the ground. He's uh, Colin is holding the pistol. He wanders into the bathroom where Rita was taking a shower, and he sees Rita's body. She's dead. Tasia killed her. And so, yeah, now it is on, basically. Yeah, and yeah, it's kind of good the way that they block it out, and everything kind of takes place on this bed, and it's very close up. And when he finally comes out of this really strange hallucination. 
he does this moment where he like looks over his shoulder and there yeah there's just eddie on like this white carpet yeah. and there's just like this blood splatter and he just like lets out this subtle like fuck like yeah. it's just kind of like damn it like this this was not how it was supposed to go down yeah so now colin becomes determined to find the husband and child that he saw in Tasia's memories so he goes to their house he holds the father hostage i'm trying to remember what the father's name is uh his name is michael is it, yeah um he puts a gun to michael's head and he's asking where Tasia is um and of course michael doesn't know because he knows nothing about Tasia's career as a possession assassin um and my, colin gives this weird sort of speech about a worm and yeah yeah I, like love that little speech he gives him it's, it's talking about if a worm attaches to the brain and like i like i'm gonna butcher it I if think I it's, re, like, it's actually it. on oh yeah so it's actually on the imdb page this is one of the two quotes that are on the imdb page one quote okay. one quote is pull me out the other quote is do you ever worry about parasites with the cat what just think one day your wife is cleaning the cat litter and she gets a worm in her and that worm ends up in her brain and the next thing that happens is she gets an idea in there too and it's hard to say whether that idea is really hers or it's just the worm and it makes her do certain things predator things eventually you realize that she isn't the same person anymore she's not the person that she used to be and it's gotta make you wonder whether you're really married to her or married to the worm the worm doesn't have to be a physical worm it doesn't have to be a parasite like yes he's talking about parasites and we're you know sort of reflecting on the idea that you know she has taken possession possession of him but like the worm could just be an idea and yeah the way i interpreted it when i first heard those lines coming out i was like this feels like like a really jaded like wife who is like yeah about to kill her husband and she's like talking about just like kind of like condensing the years of pain or like a bad marriage or like you know being like yeah like this is the reason why like our relationship isn't good anymore or, or why things fell apart and so it felt like yeah like a jaded love kind of mon like monologue or like a the train of thought that'd be coming from someone who's like been scorned in a romantic relationship yeah. and that's why it was really interesting because we don't get a lot of tasia and um, michael matthew or michael yeah we don't, we, we don't really see a lot of their interactions really and so like to get this like a lot of this chunk of like this chunk of dialogue just feels very very deliberate that it's feeling this is coming from tasia and this is like how how tasia feels about this marriage that's how i interpret it yeah because after that colin is sort of screaming like i'm gonna kill him like come out or i'm gonna kill him and we get this scene where tasia and colin are both standing in the scene and it almost looks like it's shot through like glass with a light shining through it or something it's there's this really nice practical effect the way that it's shot yeah 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 it's definitely dreamlike for sure. yeah tasia is sort of like egging colin on telling him that he can kill uh michael and she says something along the lines of i loved michael but i'm not sure if it was me which kind of gets back to this worm thing so while 
Michael or while Colin and Tasia are having this conversation about whether or not he should kill Michael, Michael regains control or he puts up a fight against Colin. Um, he gets the gun away from him. The gun, I think, just ends up on the ground. Um, Colin grabs a cleaver from the kitchen and he just starts hacking Michael to death. And he just hacks him over and over and over again. I'm not sure how many times he hits him with this thing. Yeah, it's really grueling. And then, yeah, it happens so often and so long. We even are treated to a cut, of, like a little cutaway shot of his two severed uh, fingers yeah. slowly un- unfurling. Yeah, they like, f- <laughs> well, they first, we see them fly out, <laughs> like, and like, yeah, just like, like bounce on the ground. Them, yeah. And then, yeah, we see them like on the ground unfurling. Um, yeah, that was like a little chef's kiss moment for me. I was just like, "All right, Brandon." And the, <laughs> like you, you can do and the way very well the done. way the scene is lit, it all feels kind of flat. It's not very dramatic, and so it just makes like this violence is so high, <laughs> so extreme, yeah, yeah. but it is treated as if it is mundane. It is really weird, um, and I really yeah, like yeah, it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Then, like, yeah, the kitchen is like just soaked in like, like soaked in blood but it's it's yeah not quite tarantino levels but there's a lot of blood <laughs> that gets thrown on like on this nice little kitchen and yeah it just yeah it's great um yeah and i wanted to call back to i think it was the scene where she's beating up john with the fire poker so it is yeah. it is that question is this tasia or is this colin so in the scene when he is when Tasia is killing John and Ava, um, I think so we have that setup where Tasia sits down and she says, "What do you think of me?" to John, and it really does feel like the motivations on display those aren't Tasia's motivations; those are Colin's motivations. So it feels like it's playing with this thing of maybe he does want to kill these people, and this interaction between Tasia and Colin inside of his body is allowing him to do that. And so maybe what we're seeing at the, the end here with Tasia Colin killing Michael is the same thing. It's like we 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 get the idea that this is what Tasia wants, regardless of who's actually in control and doing the killing. Totally. Yeah, I feel that way. Yeah. And there's a, a strange moment that happens right after when the son walks in, because that's what I was thinking about the entire time that uh, Michael is getting killed. I was like, okay, where is where is the son yeah. and all of this? And yeah, and when I think I forget how they do it exactly, but he comes down and Colin turns and just and lets off a shot. And then uh, the kid's name is Ira. Says, "Pull me out." Or is that when the line comes? Yeah. In? So yeah. So the child stabs Colin in the neck. Uh, Colin shoots the child. And oh, oh, yeah, as the kid is standing there, the kid is standing there in like a perfectly clean shirt, but there's a bullet hole in him that is just like pouring blood out like a like a faucet. And then we get a shot of Colin again holding the gun and it turns into Tasia holding the gun and she keeps firing. She fires several more times into the kid's face. Um, Yeah, yeah, that that was the moment I'm like, okay, like this feels like this is Tasia's this is all like, you know, Tasia's vendetta, but we're just kind of seeing it through Colin's body and sometimes Colin's mind. But yeah, to me, it felt like she had a lot of things bottled up for years and years and years and years, or for whatever reason, it maybe got worse because of this whole possession assassin gig that she has. But somehow Tasia went from being like 
sort of disinterested to being like just outright hostile towards the family environment yeah. that she had or and so when she shoots him i was that was the moment i was like holy shit like i like i was suspecting i did not like her but i was like <laughs> okay i definitely don't like i like i don't like her because yeah i, I thought that was like a really hard really hardcore moment for her yeah and so it's when both of their bodies are on the ground looking at each other when the sun says pull me out and you realize that it's girder yeah. back at hq um that's has possessed is, yeah. the child and their blood puddles sort of run together and it kind of looks like a heart but i think it's more supposed to evoke uh the butterfly yes, um, yeah. and then we get you know colin dies so tasia is able to be extracted from her machine um and we get another debriefing scene where she's going through her items and this time she has a very emotionless debrief um when she looks at the butterfly she doesn't say, oh, this is a butterfly from my youth. I felt bad about catching it at the time. I still feel bad. She just says, that's mine. I caught it when I was young. Something along those lines. Um, yeah, there's no remorse. Yeah, there's no remorse. And so it feels like Girder has won, I guess, because Girder was concerned about this, this link that Tasia had to her family and how it could inhibit her ability to do her job. Family's dead. And Girder had a big hand in making sure the family died by possessing the son. So yeah, like what is what is this about? <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, to, yeah. At the end, I was like, kind of confirmed. Yeah, like Tasia was like not quite fully or like on the way to becoming just like a remorseless, emotionless killing machine, just like a an assassin that just does their job and just does not care about anything else that is not killing people. And towards the end of it, I think that is implied that that's going to be kind of the the end of her eventual stories. Yeah. She's just going to be completely emotionless, especially after this big mission, big mission, like, you know, the whole feeling bad about killing the butterfly is entirely gone. And we also see that, yeah, her, her killings, all of all three of them were, you know, given the option to do it with a gun and each, each time she chose either a knife or to do it in a more personal and a more violent mm -hmm. way. And, yeah, to me, I guess it, it just wraps up the whole, I think, the whole idea about, yeah, her being desensitized and, like, yeah, the goal was for Tasia to walk out of this and being completely numb. And, yeah, that's what Gerder wanted and that's what was achieved. And I think it's about, yeah, just, like, finding new identity because it's, like, she, I mean, she doesn't want to be held back by her family. Like, we come to understand that, like, you know, at the beginning, she's going to go visit, but she's rehearsing. She has to rehearse. She has to be yeah, this person yeah. and basically put on a, a character of her, of a different Tasia to fulfill this role of wife and mother. Um, and then at the end, she shed herself of that. And she shed herself of her, her childhood memory, in a sense, also, like, with the emotional weight that the, the butterfly had. Um, so it's... Yeah, so maybe, yeah, maybe they're just talking about just how the body and its connection to technology will just eventually lead to this state of numbness. I don't know. I don't know if it's about technology though. I mean, cause yeah, there's like some interesting tech stuff happening here, but is it? Yeah. About maybe I'm just sticking too much to the <laughs> surveillance VR. Yeah. Like, cause that, that whole business. I mean, thing. that's gotta be working towards something. It's not an accident that it's in there. Um, yeah. Cause you know, they could have done something environment related, you know, something environmental or, you know, something, you know, that company could have been doing a handful of things that are nefarious in terms of like movie things, but the fact that it's just wide scale, sorry, wide scale surveillance, I thought that was like you know just taking that theme of 
possession and you know being in another place or another body and just kind of exploring that realm seeing him put on the goggles made me wonder since like tasia is basically putting on goggles to to embody colin who is putting on goggles to be a virtual in a virtual workspace i guess um it made me wonder could a possessor be possessed um yeah that's what i thought was (laughs) gonna happen when eddie shows up and and like starts kind of going off about like oh like i work for the i thought that was gonna be like a a a nolan moment where he's just like gonna come in and just start explaining a bunch of things and just like you know start talking about like the company and like why i'm here (laughs) yeah yeah but luckily we didn't get that but for a very brief moment i thought oh like maybe he's going to like possess him like you know maybe eddie is going to possess colin while tasia is still there and like kind of do a i don't know maybe like a fight for the host type of thing yeah it's interesting that this movie it wasn't lame despite like what could have very well been a very dumb premise <laughs> like yeah yeah like oh it's assassins possessing other people like it could have been a full-on action movie but they went it felt more like um under the skin or something like that yeah and i absolutely yeah i really appreciated the fact that i went in kind of blind didn't really know anything and yeah definitely really satisfied yeah um is there anything else about possessor touch on um there i was reading about this online and there was a little bit of kind of discussion over the fate of john's character mm. because basically it's it's that we are seen we are shown tasia basically like mutilating his face and like just going to town mm-hmm. and like doing doing some real damage and then the news report reveals that he just received a lot of blunt trauma and but he's okay yeah which he's is in insane <laughs> yeah he's fine and then a little bit after that when things are getting kind of kind of dreamlike kind of psychological we don't know exactly what we're seeing a lot of the times we get a shot of john in a wheelchair kind of like at his house on a nice day and then tasia walking around and like looking at him huh. and the people online that like the main group is saying like okay that's basically tasia going back to finish the job essentially and so like and so i think i kind of agree to i agree with that a little bit i think i'm in that group and so i was curious what you thought i honestly don't even that remember was. that scene i remember him being in a yeah. wheelchair but like when is yeah that? It's, it's just it's a shot that happens basically in this space that is the day after when basically after the party and like that whole crazy scene uh-huh the whole everything that follows is really strange really surreal really dreamlike because we're getting a lot of colin and tasia kind of going back and forth yeah and so yeah i like i don't know i i, I appreciate it i thought it was really interesting kind of thought-provoking the fact that like yeah like we get a, like a little bit of a flash forward kind of snuck in in this movie kind of like thrown in randomly yeah i honestly don't remember tasia being there um huh. so yeah i have no opinion <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's that's a little a small little part that i thought was kind of kind of trippy because i was like okay yeah we're getting a little bit of a, a flash forward to seeing what tasia is going to be like or the fact that she's going to keep finishing these jobs and stuff. yeah i mean yeah, I don't know. like it seems like a pretty perfect crime if like how can it be traced back to this company yeah i mean i don't know i think yeah they they are they're good they're working the shadows um but uh yeah what have you been watching lately okay i've been watching a lot of stuff this week and I felt that this movie was really like painful and agonizing. I thought it was a, a gorgeous movie and I think it's a fantastic movie, but it is definitely like tough to kind of get on. Yeah, I would say it's like tough to watch just because it is like, it, it is like 
a movie where people get fucking hurt and like it's like you know people hurting each other and i watched another movie this weekend called the devil all the time and i, I don't want to say i'm comparing these two by any means but like this is, is a, that the movie wait who's in that it's tom holland robert pattinson okay, it's like yeah. this ensemble cast and it's just like this parable interweaving stories about people kind of being affected by the pain of world war ii and just like it's uh movie is just about people just being awful to each other the entire time and i was like yeah this movie is really really tough and that movie is really really melodramatic after watching possessor i was like okay i think i need to personally watch something a little bit more light <laughs> I, I might need to like so you watch the be... devil all the time <laughs> no no i watched the devil all the time before i watched uh, Possessor okay. because like i watched it on sunday so i was like yeah like i'm super excited about possessor like it's gonna be like this horror movie and that like or uh, more like I don't want to say fun, but I thought it was going to be a little bit like a little bit different tone. But yeah, this movie was a lot more heavier than what I was expecting, I guess. And so the last two movies I've seen have just been very like heavy emotional trip journeys for me. I was yeah, saying. yeah. So the devil all the time. I would I would not recommend that movie just because it is there is not a lot of fun. There is nothing really like. <laughs> what would you? What, okay. I would. I highly recommend Possessor. I highly recommend okay. Possessor. I don't recommend. The Devil All the Time, but both of these movies were like painful. <laughs> okay, but Devil That's All the Time, it's not very good. I don't know. Like The Devil All the Time has like good acting. It has good, yeah, it's good acting, and that's probably the best thing about it. Everything else about like the story and just the plot and the pacing is just like it's just a long melodrama about just like people just using the word of God just to justify doing awful things to each other, and yeah. Possessor was a much more, a, a lot more enjoyable of a screening, but I would just say like, yeah, the last two movies I watched were just like, damn, it's kind of like a <laughs> kick to the stomach a little bit. Yeah. Um, this weekend I watched this show called Marvel 616. I think that's what it's called. Um, I got a push notification from Disney, from Disney Plus saying like, hey, Marvel 616 is out. And I had no idea what that was. And so this is probably like one of the only times a push notification worked because I actually went to the app to check it out. <laughs> Um, and it is a, it's just about, uh, the impact of Marvel, I guess you could say on, in like different communities and environments. And so the first episode oh, okay. is about, uh, Japanese Spider-Man and how there was a sort of Ultraman style, uh, Toei show for Spider-Man. And I guess the contract was that like Toei would get Spider-Man and be able to make a show about it. And Marvel would get access to Toei's characters. Um, okay. And so it was completely different than American Spider-Man. It's it's a pretty interesting doc because the guy from Marvel, the American guy from Marvel, who went to Japan to help them work on this project, it was really cool because he didn't just try and like bend Japan to him and be like, no, Spider-Man's got to be this thing. He was like, well, what is, what are Japanese people like? What a, what is okay. uh, what is this culture value? And how can Spider-Man and what we know about Spider-Man um, kind of bend itself to accommodate you know uh japanese aesthetics and japanese values I dig that. That's cool. um and so it's this it's the show where he isn't in the city because it's too expensive <laughs> to shoot in the city um he's still he still crawls around on walls and gets in fights and stuff but um he has a, a cool car that he drives around and i think he okay. i think he even has a giant <laughs> robot and stuff but um Perfect. Yeah, so it's a great little doc. And then the second episode is like almost feature length. And it's just about uh, women who have worked in for Marvel over the years. And um, yeah, and Sweet. so like and like the effect that these characters have had on 
women fans and uh, you know different writers trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah, it was it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I recommend this. This might be a good thing to check out if you're interested in something lighter. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of like threw it on randomly. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and then also uh, there was a new episode of Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, the siege. Yeah, what did you think? I was really into it. I um, I'm rereading like just the the rundown of it right now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I definitely liked it a lot. Um, just trying to remember some things that like stuck out. But um, yeah, leaving yeah, is that the one where they leave Baby Yoda with the the two? They leave him at a school in this one. Yeah, yeah, they leave Yeah, they leave him at the school in this one. Yeah, I like the little moment where he steals the kids can going back to the whole like is he evil yeah. is, like, he's, is he gonna be a bully in this school yeah i was like is he gonna force yeah. choke this kid <laughs> yeah um so, the new kid is a bully and he is a small child yeah he's a baby, baby. i wasn't that crazy about this one uh carl weathers directed it which is kind of weird <laughs> uh, i didn't yeah. know he directed but um yeah i just kind of felt like I wasn't really into the stakes of the mission, which is just like, oh, they're destroying a, some sort of imperial base or something like that. Because um, it seems like everything was going pretty smoothly in this town. Um, and then we get some major reveals, which I think, so spoilers, we're spoiling this. Um, it kind of looks like there's a Snoke in a tank. Is that what's going on? Yeah, there's some clones of some some something Palpatine Snoky. I thought it was some Palpatine related, but yeah, people were saying Snoke, and I was like, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Um, so I'm curious if what's going to happen with the show is that, which is kind of what happened with Clone Wars, is I wasn't too crazy about the story of the sequel trilogy, but maybe this show is going to make that story better somehow and more palatable, the same way Clone Wars made uh, the the prequels more interesting um yeah I, t I totally i totally feel that because <laughs> yeah they're they're in between <laughs> two very interesting trilogies and so yeah <laughs> so yeah if they're gonna start talking about the new ones and that's gonna be a little bit tougher but yeah i was i was down with just like the the rating of the base and you know i'm down to just watch stormtroopers get you know blown up or whatever and be stupid and, and there's a great moment where uh like the tie fighters show up towards the end mm -hmm. and uh when mando shows up to save him and it's just like baby yoda just like doing the wii in the in the passenger seat and just like <laughs> the mando is just like shooting down these tie fighters and he's just like cheering i was like wow this is just like this, <laughs> the tone is just super funny to me i mean there was some yeah there were some fun action moments there's also a good part where um these like scout troopers i think is what they are they're on their speeder bikes going down a hill and we get like a pretty fun shot where the camera is descending down this hill with them. And then they just crash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two of them just like <laughs> yeah. immediately. Uh, yeah. That's fun. But um, I don't know. I'm still yeah, interested to see like, going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The first episode is like phenomenal and crazy, crazy, crazy good. And yeah, I think the bar has just been set really high. But I think, yeah, this episode was good. It wasn't, wasn't anything too bad about it. That made me like, you know dislike it um next episode is going to be written and directed by dave filoni who did uh, all the clone wars stuff or i don't know if he did yeah. all the clone wars stuff but he's like the man behind i know nothing um, yeah, i know nothing about it but i know that name is important yeah he was like well he was kind of george lucas's understudy george lucas hired him personally to work on clone wars because he was a fan of avatar the last airbender which dave filoni oh, okay. uh, worked on the first season of and then so yeah, he just kind of studied under George Lucas, like learned all the lessons of, you know, what is Star Wars about and how do we communicate what it's about? 
Um, and sweet, sweet. So he, but he mostly works. Yeah, he worked in animation, and so he did at least one episode, maybe two, last season of The Mandalorian, and those were his first time directing live action. And I feel like they were a little weak. Um, so I'm not too. Uh, my expectations are too high for next episode. Um, but because it is written and directed by Dave Filoni and he is the one who created Ahsoka, it's probably going to be the Ahsoka episode. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what the, the Reddit was saying. They're yeah. saying it's gonna, if Dave is directing that episode, then it's for sure going to be the one where Ahsoka yeah, finally so really curious up. how that's going to look in live action. Yeah, oh, it's going to be oh, Black Friday right after Thanksgiving. Oh, that's gonna oh be, fun. It's going to be great. <laughs> Right. Gathered the family around to watch the Mando. Yeah. All right. I think that's about it then. Yeah. Our Vague Zone. All right. Yeah. This has been episode 15 of Vague Zone. If you want to contact us, at, you can hit us on Twitter at Vague Zone, or you can email us at VagueZonePod at gmail.com. If you have lists, recommendations, questions, tips, feedback, or just want to say, hey, fuck off, Vague Zone, you can, you can do that. And so, yeah, reach out to us and we will maybe reach out back and so yeah that's how you can contact us i've been one of your hosts thomas and i am daniel catch you on the next one all right take care peace